Welcome to Hakol Radio's Top 3 segment, where we discuss the top three news stories of the day. Hakol Radio, powered by the Muncie Mavasser and broadcasting live from Schlerko Studios in Muncie, New York. Number 1 Intense clashes are ongoing in parts of Gaza, including the southern city of Khan Yunus, as reported by Israel's, Israel's military and sources within the Strip. Despite the withdrawal of some Israeli units, the situation continues to remain volatile. The IDF stated that it conducted strikes on over 100 Hamas targets in the Gaza Strip in the past 24 hours. The strikes, executed by air, sea, and ground forces, targeted Hamas command centers, launch positions, weapons depots, and other terror infrastructure. In central Gaza's Al-Burej, the Border Defense Corps, the 414th Combat Intelligence Collection Unit, observed a group of Hamas operatives attempting to attack an IDF tank. They were eliminated. On Wednesday, January 3rd, the IDF released a video of the dismantling of an underground tunnel route beneath Al-Shifa Hospital, Gaza's largest medical complex, which it attributes to Hamas. The IDF claims that special forces and soldiers from the Yahalom unit carried out the dismantlement on November 24th, 2023, spanning over 250 meters. According to the IDF, the hospital was unaffected and humanitarian activities continued during the operation. A cabinet meeting on Thursday night, January 4th, turned confrontational as multiple Israeli ministers criticized representatives of the IDF present, including Chief of Staff Herzi Halevi. The IDF reported that a fighter jet had struck a Hezbollah observation post and military site in southern Lebanon's Marun El Ras amid repeated cross-border attacks carried out by the terror group. Shortly after the strike, troops struck an anti-tank missile squad in the area, the IDF reported. Also, as per a report from the Lebanese Al-Akbar news outlet, the location where Hamas official Saleh al-Aruri was allegedly assassinated in Beirut was a known Hamas office. The terror group had reportedly abandoned this office after its October 7th attack on Israel. The news outlet suggests that the apartment building where the strike occurred remained unused by Hamas officials from that date until Tuesday, January 2nd, when Aruri entered the office after returning from travel in Qatar and Turkey. He was reportedly killed merely five minutes later in what is claimed to be an Israeli assassination. The Lebanese government formally submitted a complaint to the United Nations Security Council on Friday, January 5th, condemning Israel for the assassination of a Hamas official Saleh al-Aruri in Beirut earlier this week. Lebanon characterized the targeted killing as, quote, the most dangerous phase of Israel's attacks on the country. In a recent address, Hezbollah's Secretary General, Hassan Nasrallah, asserted that his organization has executed a staggering 670 military operations on Israel's border since October 7th. Nasrallah, known for his provocative statements, detailed the intensity of the attacks, claiming an average of six to seven activities per day. Number two. Mayor Eric Adams of New York City called on neighboring municipalities to implement executive orders similar to the one he issued last week to restrict the influx of migrant buses into New York City. Despite these efforts, city officials acknowledge that Texas Governor Greg Abbott has not been deterred from offering free transportation from Texas for the migrants to New York. During his weekly press conference at City Hall, Mayor Adams urged surrounding municipalities to issue executive orders similar to the one in effect in New York City, accusing Governor Abbott for of disrupting 
and intentionally causing chaos in New York City and other cities, characterizing Abbott's actions as a, quote, total reckless disregard for using people as pawns. Governor Abbott has been sending tens of thousands of migrants to the city run by Democrat mayors since last year as a way of criticizing President Joe Biden's border policies. However, the city has struggled to manage the impact of Abbott's program as the migrant crisis strains the shelter system and budget in the city. Over 161,000 migrants have arrived in New York since the spring of 2022, with 68,000 now residing in city-run shelters. Mayor Adams' executive order, modeled after a similar one in Chicago, requires charter buses transporting migrants to provide 32-hour notice to local officials and sets limits on arrival times and locations. It also mandates bus operators to provide a passenger manifest, specifying the number likely to need shelter and identifying children and families. Despite the order, migrants continue to arrive daily, with some bus companies appearing to circumvent the rules by dropping migrants off at transit hubs in New Jersey, who then take trains into the city. At the press conference, Mayor Adams stated that he was scheduled to discuss the situation with New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy. The mayor's chief legal counsel, Lisa Zornberg, criticized Governor Greg Abbott's migrant transport program as, quote, bonkers, and warned that bus companies ignoring the city's orders were participating in a, quote, bad faith plan taking advantage of vulnerable people. On Thursday, January 4th, Mayor Adams declared a lawsuit against 17 bus and transportation companies involved in transporting asylum seekers to the city, addressing significant budget challenges linking to the ongoing crisis. The city is pursuing $708 million in the lawsuit to offset the expenses incurred in caring for migrants. In a statement, Mayor Adams emphasized, quote, New York City has and will always do our part to manage this humanitarian crisis but we cannot bear the costs of reckless political ploys from the state of Texas alone. Today, we are taking legal action against 17 companies that have taken part in Texas Governor Greg Abbott's scheme to transport tens of thousands of migrants to New York City in an attempt to overwhelm our social services system. Continuing, he said, quote, these companies have violated state law by not paying the cost of caring for these migrants. And that's why we are suing to recoup approximately $700 million already spent to care for migrants sent here in the last two years by Texas. As of now, the lawsuit is awaiting review by the county clerk. Number three. On Wednesday, January 4th, the U.S. Justice Department filed a lawsuit against Texas regarding a recently enacted law that empowers police to arrest migrants, local police, to arrest migrants entering the U.S. unlawfully. This legal action marks another clash between the federal government and Republican Governor Greg Abbott, who has been intensifying his response to border crossers from Mexico. The lawsuit adds another layer to the immigration controversy as New York and Chicago resist buses and planes transporting migrants dispatched by Texas Governor Greg Abbott to Democrat-led cities nationwide. Texas is already engaged in separate legal battles to maintain razor wire along the border and a floating barrier in the Rio Grande. Governor Abbott signed the law known as Senate Bill 4 last month, posing a broader challenge to the U.S. government's authority over immigration. Besides authorizing local Texas police across the entire state to arrest migrants for illegal entry, the law grants local judges the power to order migrants to leave the country. In response to this legal move, the Justice Department has filed a lawsuit in a federal court in Austin, Texas, seeking a declaration that the Texas law is unconstitutional. 
The lawsuit argues that the law violates the Supremacy Clause, asserting that federal laws generally take precedence over state laws. The Justice Department's lawsuit contends, quote, that Texas cannot run its own immigration system. It argues that the enforcement of Senate Bill 4 intrudes on the federal government's exclusive authority to regulate the entry and removal of non-citizens, hindering U.S. immigration operations, proceedings, and interfering with foreign relations. The law is scheduled to go into effect in March. Last month, civil rights organizations and officials in El Paso, Texas, filed a similar lawsuit describing the new law as an unconstitutional overreach. This week, the Biden administration announced the reopening of four southern border ports of entry that have been closed due to a surge in migrant arrivals. The, port, the four ports of entry set to resume operations on Thursday are located in Eagle Pass, Texas, San Zidro, California, Lukeville, Arizona, and Nogales, Arizona. These entry points were temporarily closed throughout December as U.S. Customs and Border Protection redirected resources to address the rising number of migrants heading to the U.S. The decision to reopen comes after a record-breaking month during which Customs and Border Protection agents encountered over 300,000 migrants in just one month at the southern border. On Monday, January 2nd, in the El Del Rio sector of Texas, which includes Eagle Pass, the CBP reported encountering fewer than 500 migrants. A senior administration official described this figure as a, quote, significant improvement over where we have been in recent weeks. The official also emphasized that while it's customary to see a decrease in encounters during the holiday period, closing ports of entry is a measure taken as a last resort, and it is not a decision made lightly. The decline in migrant encounters was partially attributed to heightened enforcement efforts by Mexico, although specific details were not provided. Thanks for tuning in to the Top 3 segment live on Hako Radio, and have a great day.